Well, we've already said it a couple of times today. It's actually a really exciting day for us as a church family. Uh, you can you can draw lots of people to a meeting on a Sunday, but that's not what keeps people. Uh, in fact, if you have to, uh, if you constantly have to have a like a really good show to keep people, then you really what we do as a church is we set ourselves on a treadmill to have to keep performing and making sure that the show stays good so that people will keep coming to the show. But we want to build differently at Destination Church. And so what's exciting about today is this has nothing to do with how do we pull off a Sunday morning gathering, but it has to do with broadening the leadership base of our church and and building a, a strong foundation in our church family when you have when you have a good foundation, you can build a solid structure on top of it. I'm I'm amazed when I look at the World Trade Center, even just the uh, where the foundations were, and you can see how deep down into the ground those foundations went, so that those buildings could be supported. As we recognize elders in the church, it's only one level of leadership in the church. But it's a significant one that has to do with building a strong foundation, uh, a strong people foundation in the church. So we will be uh, recognizing both Gordon and Rich today. We're really recognizing what God has already been doing. For us, a value is like we, we don't just like, you know, kind of draw names from a hat and then say, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to make you an elder. Okay, what does that mean? It's more recognizing gifting and recognizing what God is already doing and then affirming and agreeing with what we see God is, is doing. For us as a family, we use that word a lot, don't we? Family. We're not just setting in officials to govern the church. Although governing is a part of, of what we do as, as elders. We, we, we guide, we govern, we guard, we do those things. Uh, but the very words for elders get used as fathers. Um, we're recognizing fathers in the church. Um, and... As I'm studying and digging into scripture, I'm recognizing that we, we also want to be not only recognizing fathers in the church, but mothers uh, in the church. And we need fathers and mothers functioning well for a healthy family. But today we're recognizing two fathers. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 49 and 50, he says... Stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus is setting the stage for his church to be family. Those who follow Jesus. Do you think of yourself that way? Do you think of yourself as part of Jesus' family? 
you aren't just a follower of Jesus or, you know, a student of Jesus learning the teachings of Jesus. Jesus says, if you're following him and if you're doing the will of his father, you're a brother, you're a sister. And that makes us brothers and sisters together. It's pretty cool. From its earliest days, the New Testament church has been called as a family. We're children of God, brothers, sisters, primarily church leaders are called not only overseers, although that's one of the words, but elders, fathers. Go to that next slide first, or not the next slide, the next scripture there. First Timothy five, one and two. Do not rebuke an older man. This is actually right here. This is the word that gets usually translated as elders, presbyteros. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women. This is actually the same word, presbyteros, only it's the feminine, presbyteros. (laughs) I'm not quite sure on the pronunciation. Older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. We are called as family. There's all kinds of leadership that's needed in a family. In this family, just on Sunday mornings, like lately we've been a little light on on the young children, but we need leadership that focuses on children. We need leadership that focuses toward like young adults. We need leadership. Most of us are not as young of adults as we used to be. (laughs) Wording that very nicely and kindly. (laughs) We need all kinds of leadership. Ephesians 4 lists five of them. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Normally we equate elders with pastors, teachers. But elders can have apostolic gifting, vision for nations, just great, big, broad blueprint-minded people for the church, prophetic gifting. Rich has a strong prophetic gifting. Evangelists. All of these things, we can function in all, all five of these areas. But the primary responsibility for an elder is to shepherd and to teach. And not only verbal instruction, but by example as well. You guys recognize that for all of us in the room, what we say and teach with our mouth doesn't speak as loudly as what we live with our lives. First Peter 5, 1 through 4. So I exhort the elders among you, and Rich and Gordon, you can pay, and me, myself, we can pay specific attention. As a fellow elder, And a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. Here's the call for an elder. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge. This is not a day for for Gordon and Rich to suddenly be like, I am in control now. (laughs) You will do as I say. Not domineering. This isn't like, you know, Darth Vader time. (laughs) Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples 
to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now, we have the joy of being a part of a family-minded church, and that's a joy now. But we would be naive to say, hey, there aren't going to be dark days. There aren't going to be difficult seasons. There's not going to be struggles in the future. Of course there are. But the reward comes from the chief shepherd. There's an ultimate reward coming. Even if, Rich and Gordon, even if sometimes people don't even recognize what you're doing. That's true for all of us, isn't it? When we serve, we can serve in ways no one even knows. You pray prayers on behalf of people in our church or behalf of people in the community. No one even knows No one gives you any credit for it. And yet the chief shepherd, the one who loves you, ultimately, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. That's cool. Now, elders have interesting responsibilities. And the the way that they're laid, like kind of responsibility laid out has very little to do with all of the things that we're supposed to do. 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Uh, Actually, the the first verse there, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. That word aspire means to stretch out for something, to really reach for it, to go for it. You really want this. You know, it's okay to aspire to leadership in the church. It's completely okay. The motive is important here. Why are you aspiring to leadership in the church? Is it because you really want to be Darth Vader? You really want to dominate? That would be not a good motive. But to aspire and desire leadership. I hope there are more of you that get a heart, even from today, that, that Maybe God sparks a desire in you for greater leadership, greater influence coming from you toward those in our church. But to aspire to the office of an elder, Paul says, is a noble task. It's noble. Yes, it is also work. What you're doing when you stretch out and you take hold of eldership, you are taking hold of work. It means sometimes your schedule is not your own. It means sometimes it's inconvenient because people's lives, emergencies don't happen on a time schedule. They just aren't convenient. Marriage problems don't happen on a time schedule. I could go on and on. It's hard work. And because it's hard work, that's why character is so important, which is the majority of what is said here. Therefore, an overseer, this is a different word for elder, but it's used interchangeably. Some denominations use this as like the elder over the elders, the episkopos, uh, also translated sometimes as bishop. You guys want to be bishops? That'd be kind of cool. Bishop Gordon, Bishop Rich. (laughs) Hey, Bishop. Yeah, I'll be Reverend Meek. Yeah, no, I won't. Don't you dare. 
Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. Now, this list, this is intimidating. Oh, my goodness. Above reproach. Okay, not this part. The husband of one wife. I hope that's not too difficult. <laughs> the husband of one wife, not, not more than one. Sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Character is important here because this, this is hard and we're to lead by example. Now, what, what this doesn't mean is never, ever, ever in your life have you ever been drunk. Never, ever, ever have you ever had a quarrel. Your children have been sinless, flawless their entire lives. Yeah, Lauren's like, yeah, you know it. You know it. No one has been. No one is absolutely perfect in all of these things. Elders have failures in their lives. What's important is we are examples and how we respond is on display. When we have challenges in life, how do we respond? Do we run and hide? Or are, we, are you allowed to see how we process when we need to repent for things? We go, wow, I blew that. Please forgive me. Our families need to see that. Our church needs to see that because we are leading the way by example. He must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit. Again, there's that Darth Vader thing. And fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders. That would be people who are not a part of the church. Well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. How we are in the community matters. How we're perceived in the community matters. Doesn't mean that everybody has to be our best friend, but are we well thought of? And this isn't just for people of the office of an overseer. Think about this for all of us. We're called to lead by example, which means all of us are growing in these things. How are we thought of in the community? How are, how are you thought of by those who don't agree with you on Facebook? Ooh. Don't go there, John. That's dangerous. How are we perceived by outsiders? One other area here. Elders. In Scripture, elders are always referred to and addressed in the plural. We have been in a deficient area in our church for the last two years, I've been the only elder in the church, which is actually not a very biblical thing. We do believe in elder-led churches, but not in one person leading everything and, and doing everything. Elders, plural, from the Old Testament all the way through when, when Jesus, uh, like through the Gospels, Paul's letters, Peter, John, all the way through into Revelation, the example that we see of heaven's elders, which are likely angelic beings even. All of that is plural, 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 plural. 
Jesus is the chief shepherd. One. The rest of us serve in team. I wrote this down. This is my own quote. Wars are best won with friends. And life is best lived with friends. And I am so happy that I can call Rich and Gordon friends. That we can go to war together. We can go to war in prayer together on your behalf. I don't have to do these things by myself or make all the decisions on my own. But we do it together. So elders, plural. I'm not going to go through all the, all the teaching on that. don't have time for that today. Elders are appointed. They're recognized and affirmed in the plural. And here it is. In every town. Paul tells Titus to do that. Appoint elders in every town. Acts 14.23 says they, they went back and they visited all these places where they had planted churches. And they made sure in every church they set in elders. And they did it after a period of time. Plural. James 5.14 says this. Is anyone among you, the church, he's writing to the church, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for who? The elders, plural, the elders of the church. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for John. How about, is anyone lonely? Let him call for John. That would be disaster, you guys, because there's only one of me. It's only one of me. I can't be everything to everybody. Let him call for the elders, plural, of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. What a blessing to have leadership in the church who can come and gather around you, men of faith, when you're like, I'm totally stuck, I need breakthrough who will gather with you and agree with you. You're like, I'm stuck in sin. I'm stuck in this, this area of my life. I need, I need physical healing. People who will gather with you and agree with you and speak words of life and faith and truth over you. That is a blessing. And it's a blessing to have multiple elders. Now, I'm going to read one more time from 1 Peter Five, because this really is the commission for Rich and Gordon. And then I'm going to have uh, each of them uh, come up and share a little bit. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Shepherd this flock, you guys. Shepherd this flock. Care for this flock. See to it that this flock is tended, that this flock is protected. They're guided to nourishment. Exercise oversight. That's okay. It's good and godly to exercise oversight willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain. Neither of these guys are getting hired today, so you know. (laughs) 
I'm still only 50%. I'm half time for the church and half time running another business. Not because the business is my passion, but because that it is what it is and bills have to be paid. (laughs) We don't do this for shameful gain. We don't do this because we get rich doing it, but we do it eagerly. And I, I can say that honestly too. I do this eagerly. I love, I love, I love, I love this and I love you guys. Not domineering over those in your charge. And they are in your charge. This church is in your charge. Be examples to this flock. 